todos. Welcome to episode 10 of Spanish with Carla. Thank you so much for being here. I greatly appreciate you giving us the opportunity to share Spanish with you and you're taking the challenge of learning Spanish with us. Um, once, I want to remind you, I'm not a Spanish teacher, but I am a Spanish native speaker that loves languages and loves sharing the experience of learning a language without a structure, you know, program like a school or something. I actually learned English uh, already as an adult. And um, like I said, you're always going to have an accent no matter what language you're learning. You are always going to have an accent. But uh, most of people can understand it and understand you regardless. And, uh, but I, I did learn English, first of all, just kind of as a living experience. Then years later, I was able to, to learn how to actually write everything that I was able to speak. I went to, I mean, I knew how to, how to write and read Spanish and everything, but I didn't know most of the grammar and stuff for English. So, I had the opportunity to go to a program and learn all that grammar. No fun, but okay. Um, and uh, so that's exactly what I'm sharing with you. You know, there is a way to to learn Spanish or at least how to speak Spanish, even if you don't have the structure of a school program and if you don't know all the perfect grammatical rules and blah, blah, blah. You can still learn, speak, survive, and do uh, when you go traveling, and that's that's pretty cool. Hey, um, I want to let you know that we have a website, which is SpanishWithCarla.com. Don't forget, Carla is with the K. And you can find every single episode of our podcast, as well as all the notes. Okay, so you can go back, review, copy and paste, whatever you need to do. Also, you can find us on Facebook at Spanish with Carla Group and Spanish with Carla page. Also with the K. Now, I want to let you know something that I have never actually mentioned in any of our podcasts. Uh, you can uh, listen to us in a bunch of different platforms. So we appreciate if you want to share our podcast with your friends, family, anybody who wants to, you know, learn Spanish. Um, so we are on Spotify. We are on YouTube also. Um, we are on Apple, of course, and um, also um, Amazon um, Music. You can ask Alexa to play Spanish with Carla episode, whatever, and she will do it. So please help us um, spread the word and help us um, get the podcast to more people that can listen and, and learn Spanish with us. All right. So after all that laundry, I always call it that. Sorry. But okay. So let, let's start. And in this episode, I want us to start forming sentences or phrases. It's going to be, um, it's going to be not the super mega huge phrases. Okay. We're going to start with baby steps. We have done some small phrases already. When we did the questions, when we did, you know, all this other stuff. And I want to show you a little more of how the sentences are formed in, in Spanish. Um, in order to do that, and you have heard me many times saying la casa, el carro. So that little word in the beginning is called article. 
right? The article. So in English, also the definite article, which is the the T H E the, right? So that one in Spanish is la, el, las, and los. Okay, and that those articles are going to be behind the noun and are going to basically define number and gender of the noun of the subject or the person or however you want to call it that is easier for you, okay? So again, let's talk about la, like if you say the house, right? So let's think about the English version of the example, the house, Spanish version, la casa, and that's spelled L as in Lori, A as in Apple, space casa. You already know how to spell casa, so, you know. I guess I can do a fast one. C-A-S-A, Spanish. C-A-S-A. Okay, so I'm going to, you know, that's what I'm going to do. Since you already know the spelling of these words, I'm going to spell them real fast, but in Spanish. All right? Take the challenge. Come on, come on. All right, so the house, la casa. Now, this is the difference. In English, if you're going to do plural, easy peasy, the houses, right? In Spanish, not so easy peasy, but not so hard neither. All you need to do is take your L-A and add an S as in Sam. And that's going to mean that there's multiple or whatever object that you have in front of, of that article, and which gender is feminine, okay? Because it's las, okay? Don't get confused. Just, just follow me on this, all right? So la, the house, la casa, the houses, las, casas. Remember that the noun also is going to change. You're going to add another S's and Sam, and it's going to be plural, okay? Let's... Let's use this example. With the, Remember last week we were doing um, the bonitas or cerca or lejos and all that. So let's use that. La casa es bonita. Las casas están lejos. Okay? But we're focusing on the article now. I just didn't want to give you both last week because it would have been really confusing. I hope you had a chance to practice the verb, the to be, uh, ser y estar verb, uh, and please keep practicing because you're going to use it all the time, all right? Okay, so now let's go with the other version of this um, definite article, which is los, that's plural. Now, when it's singular, it's not going to be lo. You see how when it's the feminine, it's la, las? Okay. When it's the masculine, it's going to change and it's going to get really confusing. Is that just a man thing? No, just kidding. No, just kidding. Don't hate me. Okay. So <laughs> the singular is going to be el. E as an elephant, L as in Larry. Okay, so let's say, <laughs> I'm sorry, guys, it was just a joke, okay? So um, let's say in English, you're going to say the car, 
right? So then Spanish is going to be el carro. E as an elephant, L as in Larry, space, C-A-R-R-O, el carro. Okay, now, what happens if it is a plural? If you want to say there is different cars, right, more cars. So then, where is the, the article that you're going to use is not going to be else. It's going to be L as in Lori. O as in Oscar, S as in Sam. Los carros. Yeah, like I said, the feminine version or, or gender is simpler. The masculine is more complicated. So, el en los. Feminine, la en las. Okay? Now, we are going to do more examples of this. The articles is not going to be as bad as the verb, okay? We have only two type of articles, and it's going to be the one that we just learned, which is the definite, and we also have the indefinite article, which in English is going to be your A and N, like an apple, a house, right? So, this is something else that you're going to need a lot for your sentences, okay? So the same way that that you have, um, in English, it's, it's simpler because it's only A and N, and the only difference you're going to make is if the word next, the, the noun starts in a vowel and all that, right? So in English, in Spanish, I mean, it's going to be more complicated because it's going to be un which is you as an umbrella and as a Nancy, and that is saying singular masculine. Okay, let's do an example. Un carro. This basically means a car. Okay, think of the difference. The house, la casa, a house, una casa. You get it? We're going to do more examples, so don't panic. Don't panic. Okay, so the indefinite article, English is going to be A and N, and in English, like I said, masculine singular un, you as an umbrella and as a Nancy. Now, let's do masculine plural, almost the same. It's going to be you as an umbrella, N as an Nancy, O as an Oscar, S as an Sam. Okay, unos, U-N-O-S, unos, unos carros. Again, in English, it would be simpler just to say the cars in plural. In Spanish, you have to change it. Okay, let's do it again like we did with the house. Okay. So, a car, un carro. Well, and like I said, um, we the way we're going to use this um, indefinite article um, in, in Spanish is going to be, like we said, un for the singular and unos for the plural masculine person, okay, or gender. Now, let me tell you this, like... In English, there is not, you know, the A and N, right? A-N. It's, it's only going to be used 
for singular. So there is really not a translation for unos, okay? But in Spanish, if you want to say, like I said earlier, if you want to say a car, un carro. If you want to say plural, you're going to just go back to the cars, right? But in Spanish, you have another way to say unos carros. Okay, and later on, I'm going to show you the difference between los carros and unos carros, how you use it, um, or in what type of sentences you use it by context. And if we don't have enough time today, we'll do it next week. All right. Okay, so then now let's go with the same indefinite article, A or N in English, feminine gender. Okay, so that would be una, you as an Umbrella, N as a Nancy, A as an apple. Una, una casa. Okay? Now, if you have multiple houses, let's spell it again. It's going to be unas, and that's U as an umbrella, N as a Nancy, A as an apple, S as in Sam, casas, C A S. A, I mean, A, S. Unas casas. Again, in English, you can say a house, but if you want to go and talk about plural, it's going to be the houses, right? So, again, there's no English translation for unas. I guess it would go back to be, you know, the, the T-H-E article. So, basically, this is what these articles are, okay? So it's going to be the definite version, which is the T-H-E, the the version, is going to be la, las, for feminine, plural, el, los, for masculine, singular, and plural, okay? And then the indefinite is going to be un, unos, for masculine, plural, and then una, unas, for feminine, and feminine plural. All right. So um, I want to give you a bunch of different examples about how to use these articles and also the to-be verb. And the best way that we can do this is by start forming phrases. I. I hope you had a chance to go into your notes and and review the vocabulary words. So this is going to make it easier on you to remember what the words mean. There's going to be a day in which I'm not going to translate those words, okay, because you're already supposed to know what they mean. Right now, I'm going to still be nice. I'm going to translate them anyways, tell you what exactly what it means. But at some point, I'll probably do a challenge where I don't translate anything. And, you know, just have you um, send us what you think the translations are and stuff. That'd probably be a good challenge. Something cool to do. Now, let's analyze sentences. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a very easy example. And this is going to be a very simple sentence just because I want you to see the difference in grammar. Um, I know people that say that Spanish is backwards. Well, that it, everything is depends the window through which you're looking, right? 
Because to me, when I was learning English, I thought English is backwards, right? So I guess it's going to be depending on what is your your native language, right? And but it it is true. We the way we form the sentences is different. Okay, let's think of this easy, simple example, which is um, the White House. So you have your article, then you have your adjective, which is the color, right? It's, it's a white house. And then you have the noun at the end or the subject of the person at the end, which is house. Now, let's look at the same sentence in Spanish. La, which is your article. Casa, which is house, which is the subject. Blanca, which is the color or the adjective. You see that? So the, the difference is going to be that in English, is article, adjective, no, noun, and then in Spanish is adjective, noun, and then the word that describes the noun. To me, it makes more sense, but it's because I grew up learning, you know, speaking Spanish. So it all depends, like I said. So the White House in Spanish would be La Casa Blanca. I am not sure if we, I don't think we have actually spelled the call the white uh, the color uh, on your notes, so I'm going to spell it for you, and that would be B as in boy, L as in Lori, A as in apple, N as in Nancy, C as in cat, A as in apple, Blanca, La Casa Blanca, okay, and then we are going to use more of the stuff which you're gonna see. I'm just going to give you different examples of this. El carro rojo, the red car. Same scenario. El article, masculine, singular. You remember that? El carro rojo. Remember the, what color is rojo? is red, okay? And you have it on the New Year's podcast. So... El carro rojo is the red car, okay? Now, let's do another one. We already know how to say girl, and we already know how to say pretty, right? You remember that? So in English would be the pretty girl, right? Or you can use also a pretty girl, right? So that would be the pretty girl in Spanish would be la niña bonita, La niña bonita, article, noun, adjective, or, you know, what the, the word that describes the noun, okay? Now, what happens if we say a pretty girl? Then in Spanish, it's going to be una, you remember that? Una niña bonita. How about that? Is, I hope that that is making more sense. Now that we are practicing, and that's the reason why we are going to keep practicing, feel free to send us questions. You can, you know that you can contact us, um, you know, through Facebook. I try to check the group um, every day just to, in case that somebody has questions and stuff, then I can, I can answer. Um, the last uh, simple sentence that I have, because we have another ones that are going to be a little more complicated is going to be el perro grande. Do you know what that means? 
I'm sure you do. That means the big dog. Now, what happens if I want to say a big dog? Un perro grande. You see the difference? Now, again, let's do this just for, for your understanding, okay? So let's change those last sentences to be plural, okay? Like you say, like we said, uh, if we want to say the pretty girl, right? La niña bonita. And then if we want to say the pretty girls, las niñas bonitas. How about if I want to say a pretty girl, una niña bonita? What happens if I want to say there are plenty of pretty girls? Well, I cannot use, in English, I cannot use, but the pretty girls, again, we go back to the pretty girls. But in English, we in Spanish, we say unas niñas bonitas. Very common. Okay? So, same with the example on the uh, next sentence, okay? The red dog. El perro, I mean, the red dog. Oh, my goodness. Clifford, right? That's what's his name, I think. Okay, el perro grande or the big dog, right? Now, we can say a big dog, and that's going to be un perro grande. Same with the plural. In Spanish, we can say unos perros grandes, but in English, we would go back to the big dogs. Okay? I hope this is making sense. Now, let's go. They're going to be very similar sentences, but we now, the challenge is going to be this. Now, we are going to be using the articles and also, guess what? The ser y estar verb. To be, verb. Okay, so are you ready? It's easy. You have done it. We have, we have done it before. Now we are just going to put all the pieces of the puzzle together. All right. They're gonna be easy, and then we're gonna start getting a little more complicated in the future. But no, now. So, the first one is going to be. We're gonna go with the same house, so you don't get confused. La casa is. Azul. Do you remember that color from the New Year's podcast? Azul. Yes. Yes, you got it. Azul is blue. Okay? We do not need to spell anything in here because you know all these words already. But I'm just going to spell azul in Spanish for you. Just for you to listen to the letters and to practice. A as an apple. Zeta. U, L, okay? And the U has an accent, azul, okay? So let's work on that. La casa es azul, okay? Now, let's say, and that means the house is blue. Now, let's make it plural, okay? The same sentence. Let's make it plural. The houses are blue, right? In English, it would be like that. In Spanish, it would be las casas son azules. We are going to add, remember, when the word ends on a consonant, 
you are going to add ES for the plural. Okay? So basically, we are doing la casa es azul, las casas son azules. Now, let's use the indefinite article and say a house is blue. Sounds a little weird, but we're still, let's do it. Because in Spanish, it would make sense. Una casa es azul. We know that in English, if we want to say, talk about multiple houses, we would need to go back and say, the houses are blue. But in Spanish, we can say, unas casas son azules. Okay? So we already practice all four forms that, that or three forms that you can use these articles and also the verb um, ser es. Okay? Now let's do another one similar. And then we are going to go and use the verb as estar also. But let's let's work on the another one. Again, let's do the, the same car that is red. So el carro es rojo. El carro es rojo. The car is red. Now let's make it plural. De carros, los carros son rojos. Remember, the verb is going to change and be S-O-N. Also, your article, obviously, is going to be L-O-S. Los carros son, and then rojos is going to change too. This is a, one of the uh, colors that changes also, like, like blue. Okay? So, los carros son rojos. Okay? Now, this is not going to be feminine, obviously, because the car has a masculine gender. But we can still use the A, like say, a, you know, a red car or, or, or something like that, and that would be un carro es rojo. And oh, again, the plural in, in Spanish that we can use with the with the UN, and it would be unos carros son, S-O-N, rojos. Okay? So, now, let's go and see examples in which instead of using the verb as ser, we are using it as estar. Okay? And we're going to continue using and practicing the articles again. Okay? Remember the word... Uh, that I gave you last week, uh, tiendas, stores, or a store. So let's use that one. La tienda está cerca. Okay? And that would be the store is nearby. Okay? La tienda está cerca. Now, let's go plural. Las tiendas están Cerca. Now, let's do a store is closed. So, we want to say, una tienda está cerca. Una tienda está cerca. And, again, the plural, you can only do it in Spanish. In English, it goes back to the one we just already practiced. So, unas tiendas están cerca. Okay. 
So in this example, like you, like you see, we are using the ser y estar verb, and we are also using the articles to determine not only a gender, but also number of the object, okay? And we can have a bunch of different examples that we can use uh, with this. But I really want you to practice all these sentences. That way it's going to be easier for you to be able to form your own, own sentences. Um, the next one, let's talk about dogs now. And this one is the dogs are far away. Los perros están lejos. Los perros están lejos. Hopefully you had time to remember those words because I'm not spelling them again since we just got them last week. Um, if you didn't, you can go back and, and listen to the podcast for last week and you can get all the spelling from, from these words, okay? But Lejos means far away. So again, lo, los perros están lejos is the dogs are far away. El perro está lejos would mean the dog is far away, right? Now, how about a dog is far away? That would be un perro está lejos. You see, and if we want to do plural, then we're going to do unos perros están lejos. And that is good because if a dog is barking and it sounds mean, it's good that it's far away, isn't it? That would be really good. <laughs> that would be very lucky, actually. Um, so um, I wanted to ask, uh, and, I, and I wanted to kind of, Chair, um, now that we're talking about dogs and being far away, um, how many of you guys have guide dogs? It would be interesting if, if you comment in the group how many of you, you know, have guide dogs. I have never been able to to get my own guide dog, and um, because in in the past it was because I always, um, you know, had the kids, and it took like a long time, and then the type of job that I had also being food service they wouldn't let me have my dog. I know that is ADA compliance, but the health department, um, I, I check on these, and there is they only allow um, certain type of dogs. I think it's Poodle, the only one that they allow. And it's, you cannot get those Poodles just anywhere. It's, it's hard to get them. So I, was, I have never been able to, to, get, um, to get my own guide dog. Now that I'm... Um, starting to work in different, you know, uh, career options and stuff, I might be able to to get it. I might be able to just get um, my own guide dog. That would be so cool. I have already taught on names and, and, and everything. So, well, if you guys uh, have your guide dog, please share with us. And I'm going to teach you how to say guide dog in Spanish. Are you ready? It's called perro. Like you, like the dog, you know, dog, guía. Guía actually, yes, of course, it means guide. So it's going to be G as in golf, U as an umbrella, I as an igloo with an accent on top, 
and then A as an apple. Perro guía. Perro guía. And if you go to a restaurant in one of those countries and somebody says, hey, why are you bringing your dog in here? Or they say something about your dog. You just say, es un perro guía. And nobody's going to tell you anything. They're going to let you in because in most of those countries also, it's very respected that service animals go anywhere. No exceptions. I mean, the reason why I couldn't have mine is because I was working in food service and the dogs, like any other type of dog, because they, they shed and the hair, they're not allowed in, ki in kitchens, like inside the kitchen. The dog had to, you know, stay outside at the dining area or so it couldn't be with me all the time. And I just didn't know how that would work because your guide dog is supposed to be with you pretty much almost at all times. And That was a little complicated. Besides, you know, you never know if if I'm not attending, you know, he, he's unattended there. So it was it was more, uh, I just didn't feel like it would be the right move for me then because of that restriction, which I totally understand. Nobody wants dog hairs in their food. So it's good. It, they were allowed everywhere at, at my location, but never inside the kitchen. That's just the way the health department works. And uh, and I, I, I can see both sides, right? I can see the, hey, you need to accommodate to me. But I can also see the side from the health department saying, hey, no, we cannot have, you know, a lot of hair and stuff. I mean, even people uh, in kitchen, kitchens here in Texas, I don't know if it's everywhere. I'm sure it is. Um, they have to have hats and they have to have a way to restrain their hair. You cannot use like non-sleep shirts. It has to be, I mean, it's very restricted, right? And there's some guards for the beard for people that have, you know, face hair, so facial hair. So um, it is very restricted and it's kind of the same concept also. So I'm excited. I might be able to get me a guide dog pretty soon. Yoo-hoo! Okay, let's go back to the sentences that that we were talking about. Um. So we were talking about unos perros están lejos. Okay, so now let's let's think about different other um, sentences that we can use. Say, for example, uh, remember that we did all the questions before, right? So remember when we learned how to say, how are you doing? You remember that? And we said, como estás? We are using the same verb here. Okay? Because it's like, how are you? ¿Cómo estás? Tú. You don't have to say tú on this scenario, right? I'm just showing you what person, what person we are talking about just so you know, but don't say ¿Cómo estás tú? It's just ¿Cómo estás? Assume, because everybody knows estás means it's talking about you, Right? So it's, it's, it's assumed that como estás, you're talking about that person that is in front of you. So again, you don't have to say you or you don't have to say tú, just como estás. Also, remember when we asked about all that donde or where is this and that? You remember all those that we did? Uh, now that we know how to form the phrases, now we can ask the right questions. 
¿ok? ¿Dónde está la tienda? Now you can, you have your whole sentence well formed, ¿ok? When we learn some of the stuff, ¿dónde está el aeropuerto? Or, or I told you, you could even say, ¿dónde aeropuerto? Y they would, under, they would understand what you meant, right? Now, you don't have any excuses, okay? Now, now you have to say the whole phrase and well said because you already know how to use it, okay? So, ¿dónde está la tienda? ¿Dónde está el hotel? You remember that I, I taught you how to say hotel and I said it's spelled the same as in, in English. However, the H is silent, right? So, ¿dónde Está el hotel. ¿Dónde está el paño? You remember paño? Or did you already forget? Oh my goodness. I spell it for you in Spanish. That's all you get, okay? B de bueno. A ñ o. You have it in your notes. I think it's episode two. So just go back and look. So, ¿dónde está el baño? Now, imagine how many things, you know, you can say and you can use when you already know how to use these verbs and the articles, okay? So, let's say you want to ask somebody who is this This girl that you're, you're looking at and you think she's cute, right? So you say, ¿Quién es? And you can say, ¿Quién es ella? Because you already also know how to say, who is she, right? ¿Quién es ella? And the same verb that we're practicing, ¿Quién es ella? Okay? And that means, who is she? And then they might ask you, who? Who are you talking about, Right? And you can say, la niña bonita. You see? I'm even teaching you how to flirt and all. Right? Or, you know, whatever. You can also say, la señorita bonita. So, you know, I'm giving you a lot of good. And also, girls, don't, don't feel bad. I'm going. I'm going there. I'm going to teach you. Okay, unfortunately, when we're talking about a guy, we cannot really say bonito. Uh, bonito is more for like a dog or a piano that is a masculine thing or a, a bouquet of flowers, you know, stuff that, that is a thing that can be bonito, right? But when you're talking about a guy, you, we don't use bonito. Are you ready to spell? And if not, just learn it. It's G as in golf, U as in umbrella, A as an apple, P as in pool, O as an Oscar, and that's guapo, guapo, which in English is translated as handsome, right? It's the same word. Normally in English, I don't think we actually say a guy is pretty. I don't think we do neither. So it's kind of the same concept, right? So la niña bonita, el hombre o muchacho, or whatever, all those words that you learned how to say on episode, I think it's four. Muchacho, hombre, guapo. El muchacho, 
guapo. Okay? And there's some people that are kind of like, like we do also in English. I mean, you can say in Spanish, hola bonita. And you're just already flirting with that girl or that lady because you're already saying hi, but you're also calling her pretty. Right? Same with hola guapo. Same thing. Right? You are flirting there, but you are also kind of, you know, saying hi. Everybody can take it however they want to take it, right? So you're just maybe being polite. And um, and uh, so, again, let me remind you that when you do this, you're going to use señorita rather than señora. Please don't forget that, okay? So I think that with all these examples, I think that it's going to be really easier for you. Now, go back and look at, at the podcast. I actually would like to take some of the phrases for, from the first podcast, and then I'm going to show you how we learned them then and now how we can do it now. Because now with all the different words and knowledge that we have um, learned through uh, the podcast. So we made number 10, guys. Yoo-hoo! Okay, so because we made number 10, and you already know how to say uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis, siete, ocho, nueve. I'm going to teach you now from 10 through 20. Okay? So you want to grab something to take notes with because the numbers in Spanish are really, especially the teens, are really hard to spell. And and I'm telling you this, guys, even for Spanish speakers, it's, they're hard to spell, okay? So are you ready? Let's do it. So 10 is easy. Uh, 10 is going to be diez. And this is D as in dog, I as in igloo, E as in elephant, Z as in zebra. Diez. Diez. Okay, now 11. Are you ready? This is actually not so complicated neither. It's O. It's, okay, the word is said once. Once. O as an Oscar, N as an Nancy, C as an cat, E as an elephant. Once. 11. Once. 11. Okay. Now, let's go with number 12. And that one, you say doce. D as in dog, O as in Oscar, C as in cat, E as in elephant. Doce. Doce. Okay, so let's recap. Diez. Once. Doce. You got it? Okay, now let's go with, I think from here on, it's going to be a little easier because it's going to make a, a, a lot more sense since, since we think about, say, 13. The base of the word is going to be basically T-R-E, which is T as in tomato, R as in rabbit, E as in elephant, which is similar to the number three, right? Tres. Remember number three, you spell it tomato, rabbit, echo, Samuel. Okay, tres. T 
R-E-S. So when we're going to do the name, the 13 number on this is going to be T-13, T as in tomato, R as in rabbit, E as in elephant, C as in cat, E as in elephant. Trece. 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 Okay, so now 14 is going to be said 14. 14. Can you hear the R after the O? It really doesn't sound as strong as I'm making it. I want to be sure that you hear it. 14. C as in cat, A as in apple, T as in Tom, O as in Oscar, R as in rabbit, C as in cat, E as in elephant. 14. 14. 14. Okay, now the next one is going to be 15, which is 15. 15. This is going to be Q as in Quebec, U as an umbrella, I as an igloo, N as a Nancy, C as in cat, E as an elephant. 15. Now, let me, let me make a little parenthesis here because two things that I want to say. The first one is, can you see how, because it's the Q-U-I and the U is in between the Q and the I, the U doesn't sound. Did you, did you realize that? Quince. So there are very few occasions in which the U sounds, and I'm not going to go there. I'm just going to tell you. You just need to put something like on top of the U that is called diéresis, and that would make it that it would say, say, for example, quince. But it's not the case. It doesn't, quince is quince. It doesn't have anything else. I just wanted to let you know that's the reason why the U doesn't sound because it's in between the Q and also the letter I as an igloo. Now, the second thing that I want to tell you about this word is, I don't know where you live, but um, in Mexico and most of Latin American countries, it's very common that when the girls are 15 years old, they have this famous party in which they wear, I don't know if they do it anymore, but it used to be that you wore that beautiful pink dress and you look like a cake, like a walking cake with those big, big dresses. And everybody, it's like a big celebration. The family goes, fancy dinner, music. And the girl dances her first uh, waltz and and they have like different um, guys being the, the dancers with her. And normally there is 15 and then either the boyfriend. So it's 14 and then the boyfriend of this girl, or if she doesn't have a boyfriend, it can be a close friend or a cousin or her own dad. That's, they call it the official uh, dancer. Actually, the word is chambelan. That's the way they call them. Um, and, so these guys dance different parts of, of the, the waltz with her, and, uh, and it's really fun. And then she's given like uh, a little, they change. She enters the, the, the church or the celebration with a, 
doll in her hands and then they change it for a bouquet of flowers and they give her like some jewelry. I mean, I guess any family picks up what they want to give her, like a ring or a necklace or whatever. And that's meaning you're not a little girl anymore. You're kind of turning into a young lady. And it's, it has a lot of, I mean, that's a whole podcast, guys. It, it has, that celebration has a lot of different significance and meanings and they're really fun. If you get invited to one, go. Bring comfortable shoes because you can buy, dance. And also, don't eat too much because you're going to eat a lot in there. You know, you eat nice dinner, appetizer, and then the cake. And it must have, if, you, if it's a Mexican family, they're going to have something they call torna, which is after the party, then in their house, they're making pozole, menudo, all kinds of different food, tamales. So it's it's really fun. So I just brought that up because of the number 15, and I wanted to let you know about that tradition. I hope I'm not running out of time right here, but let, let's go with number 16 or, oh, this is going to be hard to spell. So take notes. Watch. D as, is, well, let me tell you first. D as he says. Yes, it sounds complicated. It, it is to spell too. D as he says. D as in dog. I as in igloo. E as an elephant, C as an cat, I as an igloo, S as an Sam, E as an elephant with an accent, I as an igloo, S as an Sam. O-M-G. I know. You know, it's, I had to go and look at it again before I, I, I type it on the notes because it's like, okay, let me be sure that I'm writing it correctly. It's, 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 a, it's a really complicated 16 and 17, I think, are the kind of words. And mostly in all the languages, uh, remember I told you I'm learning Portuguese. It's so hard to spell also in Portuguese. Very, very hard. Um, so anyways, so let's do the says. And if you look at this word, same as in English, you see how uh, 16 has the number 6 and then 10 for, you know, as per the number 10. Right? So in Spanish, it's basically the same. Diezi says, but but again, it's backwards. So Diezi means the 10, right? It's talking about the 10. And then says is the number six. Did you did you catch that? If you didn't, go back and look at it. Just look for the first podcast when we talked about the first numbers, one, two, three, four, five, six. So then you can see how... This is basically half and half, half for the 10, and then says, meaning what of the digits is that we are adding to the 10. Okay, now let's go with the next one, 17, which is diecisiete. A little less complicated, but still, D as in dog, I as in ice cream, E as in elephant, C as in cat, I as in ice cream or igloo, S as in Sam. I as an igloo, E as an elephant, T as an tomato, E as an elephant. Oof. Complicated, right? Diecisiete. Okay, so I'm going to tell you this. Don't get frustrated if you think you're not going to learn how to spell it. 
a bunch of people that speak Spanish don't even know how to spell it because it's so, I mean, you see it, like, you see it, and then you just stop writing it, and then, I mean, of course, they they know and they remember, but what I'm saying is it's not, anybody can make mistakes on this spelling. If you can learn how to say it, it's perfect. Dieciséis, diecisiete, okay? Just learn that. And if you if if watching, looking at the spelling help you um, be able to say it better, then great. Then use it for that, right? And um, I'm sure there is a way that we can that you can change. Say on your phone, you can change if you want to practice uh, on your iPhone. Change um, the 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 voice to Spanish only for practice purposes, right? So it doesn't, because it reads it really ugly. If you put it on, if you try to read this in English, I already tried it with voiceover and it sounds really weird, okay? Something like that. And it's like, no, 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 no. So for practice purposes, try to change the language just for that. Okay, let's finish this. Uh, 18, 18. You see, again, Dieci, which means, you know, the 10, diez, y ocho. Basically, even though it's not spelled like that, is if you were saying diez y ocho. You see, remember the e means um, end, right? So it's, it's kind of the same concept, but it's not spelled like that. It is D as in dog, I as in ice cream, E as in elephant, C as in cat, I as in ice cream, O as an Oscar, C as an cat, H as an hotel, O as an Oscar, dieciocho. Like I said, it's not spelled like if you wanted to say, okay, so how many apples do you, you have? How many red and how many green? And you say diez y ocho. So 10 of the one and eight of the other one. Basically, it's the same, but it's again, this this would be a Y. So the way we're spelling the word, it only has an I. So it's basically a symbol, but it's really not what it means. But it's not being spelled like that, okay? I'm hoping I'm confusing you even more. Just The last, almost last, is going to be 19. 19, which is 19. D as in dog, I as in igloo. E as an elephant, C as an cat, I as an igloo, N as an Nancy, U as an umbrella, E as an elephant, V as an Victor, E as an elephant. Ooh, you get tired, don't you? Diecinueve. Okay, luckily this is the all these are the hardest ones, okay? Diecinueve is 19. Then the last one is going to be really easy, 20, which is super easy. V as in Victor, E as an elephant, E as an ice cream, N as in Nancy, T as in tomato, E as an elephant. Veinte. Veinte. Okay? So, I want you to practice these numbers also because, I mean, I, I had to give them to you. With this, it's going to be super easy for you. Then I'm probably going to continue with the other ones until we make 100 and then you're on your own. No, just kidding. Um, but um, so let me just repeat them for you real fast. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. All right. Well, 
I hope you enjoyed our podcast. I really enjoyed sharing with you um, the Spanish that I know. And I, I want to thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to, to share with you. And also, um, I, I thank you for taking the challenge of learning Spanish with us. We appreciate that a lot. Again, remember that you can always uh, send us your feedback, questions, interact with us. Um, through our Facebook group or through our um, website as well, Spanish with Carla, and it is spelled with the K. Okay, we want to hear from you. We want to know what you think, what you questions you might have, any feedback you want to give us. Uh, please feel free to reach out. We will be happy to, to answer and interact with you. Okay, well, once again, thank you so much for joining us today at the episode 10 of Spanish with Carla. Thank you so much, and I hope you have a very, very wonderful week ahead of you, and I will talk to you in a week. Thanks so much. Hasta pronto. Adios. Thank you.